Welcome to Thursday Night Thoughts. I'm your host, D. Allen. So each one of these episodes is essentially going to be FFT. Of course, it means food for thought. Now, my goal and hope for these episodes is that you were able to take away maybe a different perspective or a different point of view, or maybe some insight or knowledge on the topic. It gives you something to think about. All right, let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome to Thursday Night Thoughts. I'm your host, D. Allen. So tonight's episode is kind of a wrap-up for this year since we're going into the New Year's. I don't know why it's always plural, because it's it's really just one year. So it's the new year. Maybe it's just me that says New Year's. It's always like, hey, happy New Year's. It's not plural though, it's anyway. <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> happy New Year, happy New Year's, whatever. Anyway, so um, as always, thank you for checking out this week's episode of Thursday Night Thoughts. I appreciate the support and thank you for listening. I do appreciate that. And I really do hope that you are able to take away something positive from these episodes. You know, something for you to think about. Uh, Food for thought, you know, a different perspective. Like I kind of said that in the intro. But anyway, uh, tonight's episode is a look back at this past year of 2021. Now, I'm also going to throw in the previous year, 2020. Because frankly, that year was a blur, right? I mean, I I blinked and it was New Year's Eve, which I'm sure most of you experienced the same thing. I mean, it was like, what happened? You know, where did it go? The speed at which that year went by was truly, truly unbelievable. 2020 went by like Leah Pruitt in a top fuel dragster when the Christmas tree hits green. Now, that's kind of an interesting analogy. And to put that in perspective, for those of you listening who have no idea what I'm talking about, Leah Pruitt is a driver of a top fuel dragster in the NHRA, which is an acronym for the National Hot Rod Association, which encompasses all forms of the sport of drag racing here in the United States, which, of course, I'm a fan of. I've been a fan since I was in high school, because, you know, we used to drag race ourselves in the streets. I uh, hope no cops are listening. That wasn't even a joke. It was just, I don't know what that was. <laughs> anyway, you can Google top fuel dragsters if you want to see what they look like. But in a nutshell, they are elongated vehicles used for the sport of drag racing. They're the upper echelon in that sport. You know, there's like funny car, and then there's like pro street, and then there's top fuel. Now, to kind of give you some statistics to kind of put this in perspective, you know, and obviously not in comparison of how fast 2020 went by, but but it literally did fly by seemingly like a top fuel dragster. So top fuel dragsters go from zero to a hundred miles per hour in a second. Now, I'll, I'll let you sit and think about that for a second. For those listeners who measure by kilometers, that's 0 to 160.93 kilometers in a second. And no, I'm not exaggerating that. That is a fact. Top field dragsters are capable of covering 1,000 feet in less than 3.7 seconds at more than 330 miles per hour or 530 kilometers per hour. So let's do the math on that. That's around 250 feet that they travel in a second. Yes, I agree. That is insane. (laughs) What's even more insane is how fast 2020 went by. I mean, it felt like it went by as fast as a top fuel dragster. Seriously, (laughs) where did it go? Which kind of is the topic of this week's episode is the past two years, they're lost. Where, Where did they go? You know, to give you another analogy, 2020 went by faster than the speed of light, which is anybody say it with me, 186,000 miles per second. Yes, I'm a closet science nerd. Really anything about space. Possibly a topic for another podcast, but anyway, so 2020 really did feel like a blur, and here we are at the end of 2021, which just saying that number sounds like a date in a science fiction movie set in the future, 2021. In the year 2021, the 
anxiety and depression that Kate McKinnon can do is truly remarkable. So, which brings me to my first point. In this past year, there have been quite a few major events, and one of those was the exit of Afghanistan by the U.S. Now, to start off this point, by no means am I commenting on the political side of this action, nor the history of the occupation and whether it was appropriate or inappropriate. You know, I try hard not to bring politics into these episodes, because this is not a political podcast. You know, it's, it's like the title suggests, it's my thoughts on a particular subject. So the point I want to make about the exit by the U.S. troops, in which to my knowledge, was not limited to just that. In addition to the exit of the troops, foreign aid was also pulled, as well as foreign Afghan assets were frozen, which essentially tanked the Afghan economy and plummeting the country into widespread poverty. Now, with the Taliban taking over and establishing themselves as the government, we saw hundreds of thousands of Afghans seeking to leave the country as refugees in hopes of a better living environment in another country versus remaining and living under Taliban rule. Now, just a side note, what does that say about Taliban rule? If you have, you know, I'll just throw a number, 60% of the population wanting to leave the country versus staying there and living under your rule. What does that say about your rule? One of the most prevalent situations I've been reading about and hearing news reports coming out of Afghanistan is the extreme limitation and suppression of women, which includes them attending school which indeed is, I believe, a violation of human rights and absolutely needs to be rectified. But the even more dire situation that's affecting Afghanistan right now is the widespread famine that is increasing in severity day by day. Couple that with the COVID-19 virus and you have a desperate crisis. With the economy tanked and people out of work on top of a drought that has hit Afghanistan, this is becoming a desperate and critical situation. For the people that are still in Afghanistan, predominantly it affects, obviously, the poor. Now, thankfully, from what I understand, the Taliban have still allowed global aid organizations and aid workers to remain in the country to assist those affected. You know, organizations like the IRC, the International Rescue Committee, the UNHCR, which is the UN Refugee Agency, as well as Doctors Without Borders. Now, hear me clear, this is not an endorsement for any of those organizations, nor is this a paid advertisement. I'm not receiving any money from any of those organizations. I'm simply mentioning these, as these are some of the ones that I support to do what I can to help my fellow humans, which is really the crux of this first point. If we have the capacity to help those in need, the less fortunate, then I feel it is our responsibility as a fellow human to do just that, to help. That is my opinion, it's my philosophy. You can agree with it, or you can agree with it. I like what my friend's brother said one time when someone in her family had a need. He said, if I have the ability to help them and I don't, then what does that say about me as a human? Now, I'm not trying to take you on a guilt trip at all in, in this and, and guilt you into contributing to, you know, the needs of the world or specifically Afghanistan. You know, that's up to you to make that choice, whether you want to help or not. I'm just giving you my perspective and I'm just giving you my thoughts. Really, it's just something to think about, which kind of blends right into my second point which is one planet, one race. So here we are about to close at another year, still in the midst of this pandemic with yet another variant of the COVID-19 virus, this Omicron, Omicron, I think that's how you say it, which not to belittle it, but Omicron does sound sort of like a corporation in a futuristic movie. And again, not to belittle it because it's, you know, this is a serious, serious issue, uh, obviously. But seriously though, when this pandemic hit the world, seemingly out of nowhere, in late 2019, early 2020, it really caught my attention because in, in my lifetime, which is 28 years, <laughs> I wish, I've never experienced an event of that magnitude since the HIV hit the world in 1983. But unlike HIV, 
which yes, did touch a large portion of the population around the world. This pandemic literally affected everyone on the planet. There is no one who hasn't been affected by COVID-19. Now, let me say that again. There is no one who hasn't been affected by COVID-19. Now, hear me. I didn't say infected. I said affected. You know, there's many people who, you know, haven't gotten COVID-19 myself being one of them. I haven't been infected, but I know people that have. So like I said, everyone has been affected either directly or indirectly by COVID-19. Now that's massive when you have a virus that affects the entire planet. I mean, I sat up and took notice when that hit. So circling back to my point, the virus was not discriminatory in its infections. It wasn't a white virus. It wasn't an African-American virus. It wasn't an Asian virus. It wasn't a male virus. It wasn't a female virus. It was a human virus. And I think, if I remember right, I read that it actually infected some pets. So literally, it went beyond human and has the potential to infect every living thing on the planet, which if you think about that, that even makes it more global. If it truly can affect pets or animals, it's not just a human virus. It's literally every living thing on the planet virus, which just let that sink in for a second. So we can realistically say it's a global virus because at the end of the day, we're all one planet, one race. As far as our knowledge of the universe, we currently are the only planet that contains human life. One planet, one race. Which brings me to my third and final point, unify or divide. Another interesting thing I noticed about these past two years in regards to this virus is how instead of unifying us as a planet and setting aside our differences and coming together in unification to conquer this global pandemic, which a large majority did, it actually divided us, which in this very moment is the current landscape. Those who got the vaccine and those who don't want to get the vaccine. So there's a division there. You know, so there are those who flat out refuse to get the vaccine for whatever personal reason they have. And I can understand that from a logical perspective and a personal perspective. And I mean, getting vaccinated is a personal choice and no one should be quote unquote forced to get one. Because when you start forcing people to obey or comply, we start down a very dangerous and dark path. I mean, history is filled with examples of forcing people to comply. I don't have to get into all the examples of that, but history is filled with that. Now, the other side of it is since this virus is a global virus, it has the potential to infect all of us on the planet. And my understanding is the way to defeat this virus is for everyone to get vaccinated. Throughout history, this is what was done when we encountered these diseases or viruses. For example, Polio. Now, if you're not familiar with what polio is, by definition, it's a virus that may cause paralysis and is easily preventable by the polio vaccine. Here's some facts on polio. Since 1988, polio cases have decreased by 99% from an estimated 350,000 cases to just 22 in 2017. Let that sink in. We as a planet have decreased polio by 99%. That's incredibly remarkable. To what do we contribute that near elimination of the virus? Well, let me quote the WHO. And no, not the band. <laughs> Uh, the World Health Organization. This reduction is the result of a global effort to eradicate the disease. Let me repeat that. This reduction is the result of the global effort to eradicate the disease. So basically, everyone on the planet came together through people receiving the polio vaccine. Polio has essentially been eliminated from society. I mean, honestly, when was the last time you heard someone contract polio? So let me ask you this about polio and its eradication. Was it a United States effort that brought about that success? Was it a European effort that brought about that success? Was it a South American effort that brought about that success? Obviously, the answer is no. 
Once again, it was a global effort. And just like polio, I think it'll take a global effort to successfully conquer this virus. So to wrap up, as with every episode, you can take what I discuss as food for thought. Now my goal and hope for each of these episodes is to give you something to consider, something to think about for yourself personally, because ultimately the choice is up to you. So as always, thank you for listening to these podcasts. I greatly appreciate it because it's Thursday night and those are my thoughts. Thank you for listening. It is greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it on your social media. Tell others about it. Put up billboards in your hometown. No, no, don't do the billboards. I'm only kidding. Until the next episode, it's Thursday night, and those are my thoughts.